Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Brought to you by Window Nation. Buy two windows, get two free. Visit windownation.com. Mike Bell, first match of the season was absolutely pandemonium. And uh, our man joins us. He's the goalie of our Atlanta United club, guys, Brad Guzan. He's big. He's bald. He's a mother wall. I know you get your own special kit because, you know, you're the goalkeeper. You got to look different than the other guys. But maybe it's the uniform. Of course, of course. We went retro. and Maybe that's going to bring us some heat this year, man. (laughs) <laughs> for sure for sure no I, th- I think everyone's been pleased with the the new tops to the new the new jerseys uh the, the the guys look fantastic obviously myself you know looking good as as always right um but uh no nah, it's uh it's it's been good and and yeah so uh, as long as they're bringing us goals it's radio 92.9 the game brad guzan on the show earlier today they've got a big match against toronto it's going to be on star a sister station on Saturday because the Hawks are at the heat, guys. So pregame 7 o'clock for Atlanta United. Kicks at 7.30, and then the Hawks play the heat. Right. 7.30 pregame, 8 o'clock tip because it's a Saturday night down in uh, South you know, Beach. I, I just can't work like this anymore. I, this work environment is getting real little hostile towards me and toxic. i got to be honest with you here at the, on the show. Well, no, first off, about? last hour, you know, I, I'm, t- I'm thinking of Derek Carr, and I say Rich Gannon, Chris, our engineer, staring at me like I got CTE, you know, and then I work my <laughs> way back to that. And then just now in the hallway, I hear you and Bo once again making plans to play golf, Whoa, and I'm not involved. Wait a minute. I hear about what time you leave in, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> once again, more golf, more, another, no, another round of cobblestone where I'm not involved or we're invited. We're not in cobblestone, and that's yeah, not you know, what we were talking about. I, I know about. where this is. You know what? This Maybe I need to get COVID and work from home for a week. I don't know. <laughs> well, first off. Maybe if you knew where I lived, which is not Ackworth. Uh, anything north of Marietta's Ackworth, Woodstock, Alpharetta. Uh, if Tennessee. you want to know full transparency, by the way, you have you have a right to bust through this door, which everyone else does. You're unbelievable. No, you, know, you guys in your little clubhouse during the commercial breaks. I just talked to Chuckery, and then I come out, and then you guys I are planning weekend you, plans. Once again, I'm not involved. When in. you heard us say, what time are you leaving, mister? We were talking about tomorrow. Oh. Oh, yeah. for the broadcast. Yeah, because the remote's not <laughs> 10 minutes down the road for some of us, tough guy. I guess I caught the time. It's a little unhinged on that one. Sorry. A little premature joculation on that one. A little half-cocked. Sorry. How did you How did you come to that conclusion? Well, I just heard you shut the door. I'm like, okay, man, so what time are you leaving? All right, man, I got it. And I was like, oh, there you go. There you go. More golf. Maybe Bridge Mill. Not invited. You narcissistic, selfish piece of garbage. <laughs> No, no, no. <coughs> Tomorrow, we are out. We're at Ace Hardware, Old National Highway, South yes. Fulton. Southside, come out. Yeah. We're going to have a great time out down there. Next uh, to that LA Fitness right there on Old National Highway. That's yeah. where we're going to be. Uh, they got everything you need. Smashed! Grills, <laughs> all the things you need as we get ready for spring. But we're going to be down there. And that's literally, I was just saying, about... Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about maybe leaving, and that's what you heard. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad we're down there. It's very easy for me. I'll be there in 15 minutes. Very convenient. It's a good choice for a broadcast location. <laughs> Do you feel better now? Yeah, no, I just want to be, I want to be inclusive. I want to be included, not excluded. You know how it is. 
Yes, but you can be included anytime you want. I don't know. It's a long, you know, by the way, why am I bitching? It's too much of a drive. I'm never going to play golf with you guys. It's, it's, it's a moot point. All right, guys. It's Dixon okay. Bell. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hey, um, we are talking about the combine. A couple of dogs showing out today. Mm. And um, Nolan Smith, Mike mentioned his vertical jump, okay? He crushed that 41 and a half. Uh, inches, but also when you talk about his 40-yard dash, he ran a 4-4. Um, Eric Edholm, who follows the draft, he's a really good draft guy, and he said some people, <clears throat> talking about teams, had day two grades mm. on Nolan Smith, meaning he wasn't right. even going to be a first-rounder. Hello, first round. All of a sudden, Mike, I think he's moving up. Yeah. Now, wh- where? Guys, we're not, again, is he top ten? No. But I do think you're telling me between 10 and 25, all of a sudden now, Nolan Smith with these measurables and what he did at the University of Georgia, I'm with Eric at home. I think he's moving up. I, I got to agree. If you had a grade two, and this mm. is the deal with the combine, you go in and you go, oh, that guy's pretty good. Then you see them and you go, okay, that is going to be hard to pass up. See, and that's the thing. Guys like Keon White we're hearing about, we got to see how he pops. Maybe he'll do better at his pro day. I'm not sure if he has run the 40 yet because today's it's defensive lineman, edge and tackles, and then, you know, and line slash linebackers. But you look at some of these speeds and these times, the one we mentioned just now talking more college Pitt. was the Pitt dude, and that is Kalija Kansi, or Kalija Kansi, who we talked about on Tuesday with Big Chuck Smith, and he ran the fastest time ever for a defensive tackle. And as I said, whether you consider him an Aaron Donald or a slightly bigger version of Grady, he's a dude with athleticism yeah it's it's hard to pass up that kind of athleticism um can't see by the way a unanimous all-american first mm-hmm. time first unanimous since aaron donald mike in 2013 and that is why the comparisons are being made yeah. I, again donald was the outland trophy fine i mean he did everything and then went to the nfl and crushed it i just think that's like that's like you know lebron coming in and we go he's jordan I want to see what this kid can do, but as far as the measurables, he's right there. You're right, right there mm. as far as height, weight, speed, what he did, and what he's doing right now at the Combine when you talk about Aaron Donald. But uh, I just think that's an unfair comparison, but I get it. He, he went to Pitt, and then the guy that everybody says is arguably Pitt's best player ever is Aaron Donald. Well, it would be interesting because uh, Daniel Jeremiah had uh, Nolan Smith going to the Chiefs uh, with the uh, 31st pick, so maybe now – He's moving. Start up. to move up, and then wouldn't that be? I mean, I don't know how high, how, how far he's going to go, but you know how much the Eagles love Georgia Bulldogs. Wouldn't that be something if Nolan Smith yep. winds up on that defensive line? They're looking for more edge rush. Uh, it's it, this is why the combine matters. And again, I don't want to get overly excited mm-hmm. about one particular player or one particular drill, because again, this is all the makeup. But everything we're hearing about Nolan Smith, and we're talking about the dogs. You know, Jalen Carter again. He's back up there. But Nolan is a leader, and everybody that's talked about him talks about his character and his makeup and all this stuff. Mike, all of that matters, and then you're getting this kind of athleticism. Right. I think somebody's going to get a steal. So now we just wait and see what the rest of these dudes do because we are definitely in the market for – see, just because we go in free agency and get – let's just hargrave somebody of that ilk. Yep. We're still going to probably add some more defensive line pieces, too, because we, if you emulate the Eagles or any of the teams that have gone far in the playoffs this last year, Carl, they got depth at defensive line. You know, we were rotating guys on one-year deals and guys that were on practice squads in years past, too, this year and last year because we had no money. Yeah. Um, As far as the other story we have been talking about, Calais Campbell, Mike, went on NFL Network today and was asked about Lamar Jackson. And uh, Calais Campbell, one of those veteran dudes uh, in the league and certainly has been very good, he says he wants to get a deal done 
That's the most important part. Sometimes guys who are part of a team and don't want to be there anymore use free agency as an opportunity to go elsewhere. But he wants to be with the Ravens. That is coming Mm. from Calais Campbell. Okay. So basically saying, I guess it's in the Ravens' corner, you know, to do what they need to do to make this happen. But anyways, we'll see. Everybody's got an opinion. And these are his teammates now coming out talking about Lamar. So Sammy Watkins, of course, popped off the week before the playoffs saying he's you're gonna play, right? And then, you know, he didn't you know he left the facility and then eventually was there when he never got back from the playoff loss to the Bengals. And then you got uh, John Harbaugh saying all the right things. And we had we kind of stumbled real quick into an interesting point. Bo Morgan, our producer, brought up because Carl and I were going back and forth. I said he needed an agent. If he had an agent, all the other quarterbacks and agents would get the job done. He's getting advice from the Players Association. And Bo said, do you think the Players Association is using him as a test case to get a fully guaranteed contract? Because reports emerged yesterday saying he wants a fully guaranteed contract. And I think that's great, but I just don't want to see him become like the Kurt Flood of guaranteed contracts. Kurt Flood, I don't know, was a player who helped drive free agency in baseball and make him the guy. Don't, don't do that to the dude. Let him get his deal. The Players Association is also testing their theory that there's collusion going on between the owners. And that doesn't uh, ever take too much to think to prove, let's be honest. We've seen it before, and we'll probably see it here. A number of owners, including... Is it Biscott? The owner, I would say Biscotti, like the cookie, but the owner of the Ravens was one of the first guys to pop off and said Haslam was out of his mind to give Deshaun Watson that contract. All right, guys, coming up, Seth Emerson from The Athletic. You'll hear what he had to say about the dogs, Jalen Carter, and Kirby Smart. What's Kirby have to do now? Stay right there. It's Dukes and Bell. Today, brought to you by MaximumCashHomeBuyers.com. Fair cash offers for as-is homes. Don't waste your time with repairs. Call 678-902-2000. It is Dukes and Bell. We have been following this Jalen Carter story since it broke yesterday. And all the additional information is just a lot. But we got to give our man Seth Emerson some credit because uh, he wrote a great piece. If you've not had a chance to read it, and um, it, it gets to what I think is something that everybody's kind of wondering, and that is when Kirby Smart's going to address some of the things that are going on. Seth joins us right now on the WadeForward.com hotline. And, Seth, thanks again. <clears throat> we appreciate your time. Um, I just want to start with, do you think this has been an issue for the dogs or, or that we're just getting aware of, of the things? And I'm talking about, you know, speeding and racing and all of these things. Has this been an issue where – Were you aware of any of this stuff prior to these reports coming out? There haven't been these, and there's obviously been a lot of, let's be frank, arrests with this program. Um, And honestly, many SEC programs. I I go back to my days covering South Carolina, um, and then I started on the Georgia beat in 2010 when it was kind of at its worst under Mark Richt, as I started my piece today with, like, this has happened arrests, misdemeanors a lot. The racing part is new. Now, that's people getting arrested for it. Has it been happening? Um, as this has come out, you start to hear more anecdotal evidence of, or, or anecdotal stories from people around saying, yeah, this has always been happening. People have always done this. And you hear, you know, Jalen Carter now merges, had an 89 and a 45 last fall. It, this is just something that clearly Kirby Smart needs to get the clamps on. Um, I'm, I'm sure he probably already has. Uh, he's He just hasn't addressed it publicly yet because he hasn't been scheduled to meet with the media. This is kind of a dead time as far as him being publicly available. Um, 
but it, it's something that he clearly has to address with the team, and, and I'm sure he, he already has. Whether that'll do any good, I mean, um, we'll, we'll see. I don't. I would think he shouldn't even have to say anything after two people die in a car accident caused, apparently, in large part by street racing, but it, it probably is something that needs to be said, and you probably need to attach some definite consequences to it. It's a great article, guys. Definitely worth the read in the Athletic Seth Emerson's take on where things are going right now. We were talking off the air, Seth, and I know it's a loaded question, but I'll ask anyway. Uh, you talked about Mark Richt and all the things that happened. The tran- I mean, I, I covered it on the radio when it went down. It seemed like it's almost a, a Georgia player couldn't spit on the sidewalk without getting in trouble in Athens a decade ago. Did Kirby learn to have a facilitator like uh, Gant from when he was in, in Tuscaloosa from Nick Saban to have somebody as a liaison well, to local Gant, law enforcement? Gant's been around for a while. That that hasn't been a secret. Um, and talking to people within the program, the way they describe it, uh, he's he's a positive force. He's someone who connects the. You know, he he is a liaison with the police department, and it should be said that it it doesn't seem like it's anything nefarious based on the amount of times that Georgia players continue to get arrested. You know, he's not, if he is fixing situations, if he's getting to the scene and fixing something, quote unquote, so that the public doesn't find out about it, then he's not doing as that great a job because we're, you know, Jamon Dumas Johnson was arrested for, you know, took almost two months later, but they, they looked into it and found him. If anything, for years, Georgia fans, um, even people in at the school and in the athletic department have alleged that the both police departments here locally, the Athens Police Department and the UGA Police Department, have gone out of their way to target athletes and specifically football players. So it's not the other way you know, around mm-hmm. where things are getting swept under the rug. Gant's role as the liaison is to basically act in the best interests of the players without it skirting the law, without getting into that, you know, gray area of, of doing something that obviously you shouldn't be doing. Do you think because of the optics of it, and you just explained it very well, but to outsiders looking in that there will be a zero, zero tolerance policy when it comes to anything an athlete does now in Athens, especially when he gets behind the wheel of a car. Yeah. I, I mean, as I wrote, it's difficult to say zero tolerance on anything, you know, like Stetson Bennett got popped in Dallas for something that if that happened in Athens and he was on the Georgia football team, I don't think he's getting tossed from the team for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even sure he's getting suspended. Um, but it could, as far as driving stuff, I think that may be something that Kirby Smart or if the administration may have to do it, say we're going to outline some consequences that are harsher than they have been for specific offenses, especially street racing. Um, I don't think you can retroactively go back and tell Jamon Dumas Johnson that he can't play here anymore, or he gets a you know a huge suspension for something that, you know, he, he did it five days before the accident. So it's not like he did it knowing what had happened to his friends. Um, but you can say, look, if, if we hear about this, even if there's no arrest, like if someone tells Brian Gann, I saw, you know, so-and-so doing this and we can prove it, then, you know, you're gone. Something like that. Um, DUIs could be 
ratcheted up in terms of punishment. Javon Bullard got a DUI during the season last year, and he sat one game. Um, do you start saying, all right, we're going to say that's, that's more now? Um, and I, I do think common sense says you do want to leave some leeway. Every situation is different. But there, I, we have noticed, if you remember in the early 2010s, it, it was this zero tolerance kind of policy, near, near total zero tolerance, that Mark Rick felt like he had to do that to rein things in. And, you know, we, it, it became a, you know, a meme, a joke, like Mark, Mark Rick has lost control of such and such. But that was because he was suspending for stuff that other teams weren't suspending for. You know, he was, Georgia had this marijuana policy that nobody else in the SEC had. Right. And, you know, he was, he was, players were being suspended for stuff that, you know, arrests and stuff that they weren't being suspended for at other places because they had to do that. I think they've slowly, not because Kirby Smart was hired and said, you know, there's a new sheriff in town, but more because the, the near total zero tolerance policy worked. And you're never going to end arrests as we know it on a football team. I mean, look, there's 85 players on scholarship plus 40 walk-ons. The math in and of itself says that it's going to happen. But it did ebb for a while there. Right. And so I think maybe they, they slacked off a little bit on some stuff. And now I think it's time to work a little bit more towards that near total zero tolerance policy, but especially – on these driving and, and traffic offenses and drinking. Seth Emerson, our guest, uh, he writes for The Athletic, and, and, you know, he writes a piece that is entitled Kirby Smart and Georgia Should Send a Message of Accountability, which is what he's talking about. Um, and, and I totally agree with you. But I also have to ask, is this just a function of winning and having the best athletes in the country? There's no doubt that Georgia's program has been elevated. And when you're getting the top-notch talent that you're getting and you're winning at the clip that Kirby's winning at, is this just something that comes with it? I'm not talking about the death of, of, the deaths of two young people. I'm saying that when you have that kind of talent, kids feel entitled. Seth, they feel like they can do whatever they want. And if there is no accountability, what you're saying there hasn't been, this is the kind of stuff you deal with, right? Yeah, I mean, I would – that, that's something, and I've, I've heard this argument going back to the, not even argument, but point being made going back to early in the Mark, or, or early last decade during the Mark Rick years, where football's a violent game. And for you to be good at this sport, then you, you may have you know, to deal with some players who have some tendencies off the field, that that's just part of their DNA. Um, and I, I'd hope that you don't have to make that sacrifice, but maybe there is some truth to that. Uh, but th the idea that you have to sacrifice character in order to win, George's made a point of saying that they don't do that and that actually they seek out character, and that's what has made them better. We, we Everyone talks about how well they recruit, but we also talk about, and I've written a lot about, how well they've evaluated and that they have passed on some people. Um, and, you know, they, they have sacrificed some things that weren't necessarily in the name of winning. I mean, 
Eric Gilbert hardly saw the field in his two years right. because of stuff that was going on behind the scenes. And they didn't say, well, he's really good. So we're going to play him even though there's, you know, he's having trouble behind the scenes and, and everything and stuff that still hasn't been publicly to light a lot of it for privacy, right. personal health reasons, but still, um, but I also say that, and this is a, a sort of, this is a calculation uh, kind of, what am I trying to say? It's almost callous, but Georgia recruits so well and they have such good players, they probably can afford yeah. to, to dismiss people a little quicker and say, you know what, if you're going to screw up, uh, you know, next guy's just as good. You're not, it's not going to, you know, kill this program for you not to be on the team. And so that's probably something else Kirby Smart and his staff can can tell players is we've got some leeway here, you know. We we've, we've won without you. You know, we'll 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 do that if if you screw up. The other thing is, uh, Seth Emerson, guys, we're just tuning in, talking about uh, you know moving forward now for UGA. By the way, we are moving forward. Is, is there another shoot to drop with Jalen Carter? Any other thing that's going to come up here that we should be prepared for? You're aware of? I mean, something could. You never know. But checking on it yesterday, my understanding, you know, for instance, the the stuff that's been brought up about leaving the scene. Um, I was told the police said we talked to him at the scene. You know, they didn't see him leave the scene uh so you know maybe he was brought back to the scene but they did not charge him with leaving the scene yesterday after a month and a half investigation so if they didn't do that yesterday they probably are not going to there's there's probably not going to be more major developments in this case is, is my understanding. And the Ra Thomas thing, I know that's kind of a, a sidelight to this. I, I know he tweeted a photo of him at the Butts Mirror building, so that's still to be adjudicated, the situation he had with the girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's something that has been kind of hanging out there, and when that initially happened, people assumed, oh, well, he's gone. Um, but he was out quick with a statement saying you know, that he was not admitting to the charges and was disputing them and and so that legal process is playing out um and you know we let, everyone needs to be fair to jalen carter in this he released a statement yesterday also saying that he is gonna fight the the charges so um there there has to be a you know don't naturally assume that the charges are true Seth Emerson joining us here on Dukes and Bell as we talk about all things dogs. Guys, there's no bigger story right now in football because Jalen Carter could be, again, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. He has made his way back to the combine, as we talked about. Um, I want to ask you about Nolan. And, uh, you know, I saw him speak at the combine and Nolan Smith. Listen, I don't think you being passionate about the love for your friend who you've lost helps you in the draft. But I do think him talking about the situation and talking about Jalen and where he's at, Nolan's stock is already high, Seth. But I'm curious to know what you think about how he's handled this whole situation and what do you think about his draft stock right now? He's an interesting case because he's always been known for his character and for his leadership in the locker room. And as much as it hurt, him to go down with that injury and miss the latter half of last year 
it it almost kind of helps him you know i mean he he's it was a shoulder injury so it's the kind that he he should be fine by the start of the season um able to participate in the combine yes and it gave him a chance to show how good a teammate he is by staying with the team and um still still being a visible presence um he already had basically three and a half years of film to show the nfl uh he won a ring he was on the field when they won last year in fact i think he had a sack on the final drive for alabama on alabama um and so he gets to go into this combine and then just kind of remind people that what he can bring to the table and yeah i mean i could see him getting back into that kind of top 50 range mm-hmm. that that a lot of people thought he could be because don't forget he was on some boards four years ago the number one recruit in the country hey great uh, great uh, stuff Craig. if you hadn't read the article in the athletic uh, get seth taken by the way i know it's funny we talked a lot about it when it went down the todd munkin thing it's kind of funny how is is Munkin going to get the same kind of effect that all the guys who work for Saban got? Kind of like the reworking of the yeah. of the of the image? Because I know you got a kick out of the, the fallout when that was announced he was coming back as the OC. Uh, Bobo, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, it's. It, I, I think it'll be really interesting to watch. The there's still a lot of Georgia people who are, are kind of assuming it's the Mike Bobo of the Mark Richt era, and obviously he is who he is. But I, I think he's probably learned a lot. He had five years at Colorado State. He had a year each at um, Auburn and South Carolina. And you, you, when he may not have worked for offensive geniuses at those spots, and he was the one who was running the show at Colorado State, but one year to work with Todd Munkin. And I, I think he's, he's probably evolved. I mean, he's only 48 years old. We're not talking about a dinosaur here. That's our man, and again, it's a really uh, interesting read. Even you know, if you're a hardcore dog fan, I think he's coming at it from a, a pretty good spot. And you know, guys, Carl, I'm hearing a lot of stuff from fans. This is still a serious situation. I don't think you guys think should think it's the end of the program, but I do think there's going to be more people looking at the program from a national level in the next couple of days. Well, listen, a theme on this show for two weeks now has been accountability, and that's what's got to happen with the Georgia Bulldogs. And I think Kirby's up for it. And if you want to play there and you want to compete for national championships, you'll be accountable. Mike, what do we got for tonight's game winner? Hey, man, we talked to Brad Guzan earlier. We got our first win in dramatic fashion for Atlanta United, perhaps in part because they've gone to the lucky duds. Uh, There's more gold on this one, but we went back to the old 17-18 uniforms. Chris brought up a great question tonight. 404-741-0929. What is the best, the coolest, the snazziest jersey you've got in your closet? Tonight's game. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
All right, man. The uh, United, as you guys know, debuted the uh, kind of similar to the 1718 jerseys, which I love. They had a little more gold because you never have too much gold. So it uh, worked out pretty well with two amazing last-second galazzos from uh, Diego Almada. We were talking with Brad Guzan about it earlier. He likes them. So what's the best-looking jersey? Maybe it's an old-school jersey. What you got? I got a bunch, man. I got a California Golden Seals jersey. Oh, wow. Because we had distant. Oh, remember when Distant Replays was in Buckhead? It was the ultimate throwback store that all the hip-hop stars, all the guys in R&B were wearing that stuff. It was like the spot. I mean, you literally, you, you, Carl, you'd roll in there. Everybody was in there wearing oh, yeah. that gear. Yeah, the culture, man. They moved the needle with the right. throwbacks. I, uh, believe it or not, Mike, I have a old school uh, hockey jersey that's in my closet. I don't even pull it out because, to your point, right, it dates your, it dates you, <laughs> right. But if we ever have like a throwback party and uh, we're gonna do it, I got a Penguins jersey in there, and I got a, uh, I've got a. Uh, not a Kings jersey. Yeah, a Kings jersey. Right. L.A. Kings jersey. Penguins and Kings jersey. Throwback. And I gave, I had a, I probably had a 50, and when we moved to the condo in Midtown, Marvin, our old engineer, Marvin Bird, got everything. You I gave, gave, Marvin, gave him all that stuff? Mar- I kept some of it. Some of it's in storage, yeah. but like, mm. t- nobody's wearing it. That's just it. What are you going to do with it? It's yeah. ah, that, this Mar- one's This one's frustrating for me because I have a Montana Chiefs jersey. Ooh. And oh, it's at sweet. my parents' house, that's and sweet. my mom can't find it now. Oh. <laughs> Don't blame mom. Oh, it's her fault. Chris, Mama's you- fault. <laughs> what do you got, Chris? Uh, I have from his prime playing days with the JETS, Darrell Revis. Oh, nice. 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 Are we Pretty actually sweet. talking about just jerseys could be anything. players? It could be anything. Okay, of yeah. teams, yeah. could be throwback. All right, who's our first customer tonight? Hey, Frank, don't forget, guys, we're going to be at Ace Hardware, Old National Highway, Southside. We're going to be down there tomorrow from 2 to 7. What you got, Frank? Hey. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, my favorite jersey, I have a Buffalo Braves jersey. Ooh, Bob nice. McAdoo, 1975 Outstanding. See, That's I a- love that stuff. That's great. I do, too. I just saw somebody posted on NBC Sports, the old Reggie Jackson A's, kind of like the the Reds that had like the, the it was like a, a muscle shirt and they had the T-shirt underneath. That, those things are tight. I we, love those old Reds jerseys, we, too. We both love the Hank Aaron yeah. Braves jerseys during that time period. I almost wish they had rocked those as a tribute all season long. Yeah. I love those those 74 years, 75. Chris, who's up next? Hey, Jim, we're talking about the best-looking jersey you got hanging in the closet. What you got? Mine has to be my white with powder blue Lance Allworth Mitchell and Ness throwback. Bingo. Yeah, Mitchell and Ness, they were the ones that made all those jerseys. Great pull, man. Great. And Bambi was his nickname. Who's up next? Swede, what you got in the class, man? Hey, man, I've hey, got man. two of them. I have, I have an original 1953 St. Louis Browns road jersey of their last year in St. Louis before they moved to Baltimore. And I have a 1957 uh, Milwaukee Braves uniform that Eddie Matthews gave me uh, after the World Series. Uh, he was an old friend of mine. I uh, okay. love your show, guys. Thanks. Swede's, yeah. got, a, Swede's got stories, man. got a collection. Milwaukee Braves. Yes. I mean, that's pretty sweet. Johnny, what do you got, man? What do you got hanging back at, the, at the Shea Shukri? Uh The only one I had is uh, Albert Bell, uh, you know, with Chief Wahoo uh, on it. So That's uh, a sweet. That's sweet, nice. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my only. He was a dude, by the way. Oh, man, he was an outstanding player. He was a knucklehead. <laughs> he was. You know, he was. Tough. 
He was tough, though. the thermostat with his baseball bat in the locker room and all kinds of different stuff that he did. So, um, But anyway. Great interview last night, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you guys, you know, playing some clips. And I heard Stake uh, talk about it uh, as well. He played a couple clips. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, was good stuff. I mean, it was a good get for Dylan. So we uh, we appreciate all the love. What do you got tonight? We'll uh, talk some Hawks with Brad Rowland. We'll talk some Braves baseball with Chris Willis. And, you know, look, I've been through all kinds of health issues and stuff like that. Can you guys just say, I won't talk to you tomorrow because the, you guys got a remote and, mm-hmm. and we got Hawks. Can you guys just say a prayer for me next week or for for all next week because I'm in with John Freaky. So, uh, oh, oh, <laughs> when worlds collide. Why, why would you even go there? I'm like, John, what's going on with your health? By the way, where is, Come it? On. Yeah, but where is the defibrillator station on this floor? <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's great. It's down the hall, right? I want to yeah. move it in the corner over here, Carl. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you know we, we have to have uh, what's uh, Cintas come in and, and replace all the stuff uh, the and everything. So you know, all right, yes. that's in all week for freaky next week. All so, right, and you may get dueling freakies. So yes. Get ready, oh, get yeah, get yeah. your we, helmet, we will, get your popcorn. Yeah, some would say too. All right, tonight, stay right there. Chuckery's coming up next. Let's get out of here and clear out through. <laughs> Dukes and Bella wrapping up another show, so it's time for Let Me Clear My Throat on Sports Radio 92.9. Oh! The game. All right, big shout-out to all of our guests. Seth Emerson, uh, it's online at odyssey.com, by the way. Courtney Cronin was great today talking about the Bears situation Bears. and also the draft and how it may shake out. And she was talking about, listen, the Bears, they're in total control. They are number one, and if they want to trade it, if they mm. want to keep it, if they want to move, whatever they want to do, she was awesome today. Go check that out as well. Tomorrow, guys, Mike mentioned it. Just a reminder, we are at Ace Hardware, Old National Highway, South Fulton. We'll be telling you more about it tomorrow as we get there and talking about coming and seeing mm. your boys. We'd love to see you guys down there on the south side. Hey, man, uh, Turtle, great job, as always. Tomorrow on the show, by the way, Chuck Smith, Steve Coonan's going to join us. Uh, we're going to head to the Combine and talk to a special guest. Mm. And we also will have another special guest tomorrow that you do not want to miss Trust me, you know I don't play. I make sure you're here starting at 2. Bo Morgan, executive producing. Mike Bell, let's get out of here, man. Clear your throat. Hey, man, got the news today. Jerome Boger, you won't have him to kick around no. anymore. Yeah, apparently he is stepping away as the uh, referee, the man in charge of Super Bowl 47, where the Ravens came back to beat the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, if you ever listen to Arch and Wes on the call sometimes, and I know for many fans, Boger will drive you crazy. Now, we know his daughter does listen or used to listen to our show, but... Jerome, I think guys like that, no disrespect, it is time to put, move on and see some new faces in charge in the NFL, and they're doing that. All right, in honor of Jerome, we got to do it one time. Holding, Holding number 46 on the defense, spot foul. <laughs> Jerome, man, we wish you the best, <laughs> even though we, we do need officials to be better. <laughs> All right. Nolan Smith officially ran a 4-3 today. 4-3-9. Not 4-4. These are defensive linemen. Guys, his stock just went up. And I don't know what team's going to take a chance on Nolan Smith now. He was projected maybe a second day, second round pick. He's got to be in the first round. Man, he is going to be riding to the top. And maybe this is the year we get a, a bull. Now, we did get Schaefer last year, but waiting to see Jordan Schaefer kind of develop. Maybe we get somebody in the first or second round. Georgia. We're back tomorrow. Make sure you're here. If you love the show, you tell your friends. Hey! If you don't, you've got a Atlanta, well, I can't say the word. They used to play at Postelino Park, Jersey, in your closet. Smash!